Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And I like to party. Oh, I like to party. No, I already said... I already said I like the party. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you have to choose something else. Okay. Um, I'm Grayson, and I like to party. Okay. We have to go back. We are reviewing the 2007 stunt-tastic film. Hot Rod. Oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out. Uh, and we, from watching the trailer, understand that there is a stuntman in that. And um, it led us here. Yep. Yeah. It led us down the the uh, the fireworky, like, ramp-filled bridge. These are stunt terms. These you are stunt terms. Concern you yourself with them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the movie Hot Rod. So, Grayson, I'm so excited oh, yeah. <laughs> to be reviewing this movie. We have so many personal connections to this movie. Uh, but we're going to go back. We're going to go back a bit. Um, so you remember uh, 2007? Oh, yeah. I, I do. I was still upset because Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip had just been canceled. Yeah. Uh, I was wrapping up my first year of college. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. weird time. It was, and this is also, I think, this should be uh, made known to the internet, uh, a pre-Google owning YouTube era, because hmm. uh, Google purchased YouTube in 2008, so yes. the internet was still just this uh, a very interesting, weird kind of quirky place. Like YouTube had was maybe like two years old at this point in time, um, since its actual inception back in 2005. Um, but the like how internet things were consumed uh, were still pretty uh, you know spread out, and um, and I bring all this up because like the Lonely Island, uh, who you know, the minds behind this movie, uh, really knew how to speak the internet's language, and it comes mm-hmm. through very prominently in this movie. Uh, but this movie actually didn't have these guys in mind. It actually originally started out as a vehicle for Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Written by Pam Brady. And uh, then when Akiva Schaefer was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do my very first feature-length film. They rewrote it uh, with the Lonely Island guys to fit Andy Samberg. Yeah. Because they didn't want it to feel like an impression of Ferrell. You know, that... That wouldn't have been good, but this is 100% Lonely Island through yeah. and through. Yeah, and uh, and so when they made this movie, they um, I mean they just they made it all their own. The Lonely Island, yeah. like they are known for their digital shorts at that time. Again, like like people weren't making content like this in the masses. Like now, mm-hmm. a movie like this, you know, you see this every week on Netflix just being uploaded from a YouTuber or a former Vine star. Oh, please uh, tell me the YouTube channel that makes Hot Rod every week. <laughs> Instant subscription. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this movie was made uh, in between the 2005 to 2007 uh, seasons of Saturday Night Live. Um, and... It wrapped on uh, September 23rd, and it made its way into theaters uh, August 3rd uh, in 2007, and it was a box office failure. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it was It was like a stunt 
that like it was like the first pool stunt. He's like, I'm gonna yep. jump the pool. Um, it grossed only 14 million dollars of its 25 million dollar budget. Well, that's which... enough for Frank's surgery, so that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's like Evil Could Evil. They got paid for the attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the film producers predicted uh, it received mixed reviews, but critics criticizing the film's script and humor. But it got a second life, really, on reruns on cable, uh, and also uh, dust off your uh, old blockbuster membership from video rentals. Actually, like oh. it, it became a cult classic, uh, very much in line of like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I love what you say about uh, them being able to speak the internet language, and I think that only uh, becomes more and more true the longer that this movie sits on the shelf. Uh, Even amongst the members of Lonely Island, though, they weren't sold on everything because I was reading that the Cool Beans scene, which is wildly different than the rest of the movie, that uh, Yorma and Andy had to sell uh, Akiva on it because he had taken it out, and they were like... just look at how we edited this sequence. And he's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, it played well with the audiences. So it's interesting. It's uh, I don't know if it's acquired. I, here was the ultimate test. I watched this movie with my mom and my wife uh, at 10 in the morning. I, yeah. My mom had never seen it. And I, the whole time I was kind of like watching out the side of my eye being like, uh, how's this going to go? And she was laughing. She liked it. And so I was like, oh, okay, great. The, it wasn't just like a college film for me. And then my right. wife was there and she was like, okay, I, I have stuff I got to do. I can only watch the first five minutes. Hour and a half later, she's still there. And so I think there is something universally fun about this movie. And uh, yeah, the longer it goes, I think the more it will be viewed favorably in uh, the accounts of history. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I really do feel like this movie was ahead of its time, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the way it was like, because typically with most um, SNL alum, you see them uh, playing like to their strengths as uh, character actors and like, but in a narrative film, you know, we've seen this with planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, We've seen this with like Tommy boy, which we still haven't reviewed yet, but I still commit it to memory. Uh, You know, you see all these different films and you see these characters and you see their ability to uh, show off Mm -hmm. um, in the form of a narrative, but really the lonely Island, uh, especially with, um, you know, uh, Yorma and Akiva, uh, they got to really express themselves creatively. Uh, we don't see a lot of things done by SNL writers per se. We usually see the actors and um, Sandberg also being a writer too, but he was mostly like acting, uh, but being able to see the three of them work together on a feature film mm-hmm. uh, was just, it's so much fun because uh, they, they know humor and they know how to set up things in such a great, like, like from this footloose, uh, like <laughs> punch dancing scene oh my to the, one of the best 47 seconds of my life, yes. uh, of, of rod tumbling down the hill. So him falling down the hill, that was the most definitive moment in my life of just laughing so hard that I cried the first time that I saw this, which was in a church, by the way. <laughs> 
And I was just sitting in this church crying, laughing at what I was watching. It was it was quite a night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And and the uh, and, and there are so many moments in in this movie where the funniest scene um isn't even the focus of the scene. So yeah. many times um just off comment things would happen. Like Bill Hader's character came back, it's like, oh man, guys. Bathroom's insane. <laughs> See, just ends. Just so my favorite thing in anything Bill Hader's in now is try to spot when he breaks because I heard him talking about this on Conan talking about Barry. How he's always having to cover his mouth and stuff. There's tons of that in this movie. Like with the dream that Danny McBride is talking about about the wizards and all that. Half that scene is just Bill Hader trying to cover his face with his his can. Making sure you're not uh, seeing that he's laughing. And I feel like they did that in every scene with each other of how far can we take it to make each other break. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they just like, wait, why is Rock kissing his sister? That's not his sister. What? Oh, this man. Is, <laughs> you're destroying my entire universe right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh. <laughs> just so big. Like, and and yeah. I don't know how they're able to do it. Like, it's, it's, so, it's so fun to see how this movie about you know this kid who basically never really grew up from high school uh doing goofy stunts um and goofy things around town with his best friends um it's so fun to like watch this movie about that and mm-hmm. to see how it wasn't just like this you know flash in the pan kind of like yeah like these guys had their moment to shine and like you know they just did dumb stuff yeah. like they they're really funny and it's it, it's a testament to like their 100 digital shorts that they did um and they're now i want to say 3 to 4 um different uh lonely island you know produced uh, film feature films that they've done and also them greenlighting different projects for television it's just like they their sense of humor is is so uh unique to them that mm-hmm. i i just enjoy it every time and and they did so well back in 2007 and i don't think enough people knew how good they were. What I love about this too is how they would mess with each other during the production of it. Um, so Andy Samberg, he liked to do a lot of his own stunts, but he did have a stunt double, uh, several doubles for a lot of the more dangerous things. But the doubles had to wear prosthetic noses to look more like Rod. And Yorma and Akiva were like, you know what? I think we need to make these noses like comically large and uh they just did it to mess with andy and i love that that's what happens when you make movies with friends and then um bill Hader, i don't know why he did this but uh that's not a wig that he's wearing he got extensions and he wore the extensions all summer while they were shooting uh i don't know if he's like a i don't know i don't know if it's a method thing or if it was just so inconvenient to take them in and out but uh yeah he really really became the character one of my favorite things about this movie is that uh when it was originally coming out a lot of people were like oh you had to see hot rod i think it's specific you and our friend uh aaron uh was like you have to see hot rod i was like oh okay like and i for those of you who don't know me um irl i can tend to be a a, a snob of movies that are of the overhype 
Um, oh. and so which is I for listeners that has to be shocking that we are snobs of any movie <laughs> right? because we accept them blindly. Dark Man Two on a regular basis. You, the Return of Durant. <laughs> But it, it, this is especially like younger me. Um, but I watched that movie and I, I was like, okay, let's see what's so funny about this. And I was, it was just like undeniably funny yeah. because, like, right when you think you understand the pattern of comedy that they are in, they completely switch it. Yeah. Uh, and right when you think you know what movie you're watching, they completely switch it. It's It's just so. So good. My favorite moment the first time I watched it, and still is, is just like, a goose! A cooked goose for everyone! It's everything for Scrooge! I I laugh, cry every single time. And that almost didn't make it into the movie. It almost didn't make it. And I'm oh. so glad it did. That's great. Yeah. It's a, just like, even when they're talking about AM radio, it's just like, oh, you know, AM radio is not getting a... The love it used to. Now it's all about FM radio and color TV. Like, oh, that's stupid. It is. In fact, it just shows his tattoo. I love it. And the pattern of this movie, like the comedic tempo of it is so bizarre because I love repetition humor. Uh, As again, listeners know, we like to call back and uh, really play a bit out until everyone has gone home. And uh, this has tons of that with, uh, well, like Cool Beans is is a great example. Uh, the Hill, the Rolling Down the Hill for 47 mm-hmm. seconds, another yeah. great example. The Babe Come Back from Will Arnett. Like, babe, 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 come back. Babe, come back. Babe, babe come back. Like that, that repetition humor, it may seem really like juvenile and, and dumb or whatever, but it's brilliant. And I'll tell you yeah. why. Because to be able to be such a master of comedic timing, to lean into a joke and to ride that through the unfunny desert and come out on the other side of the hilarious valley, that really takes skill. And they they do it. It's skill in the writing, it's skill in the performance, in the editing. And uh, that's why I'm so glad that Akiva actually made the film, like he was directing it. Because I feel like the same writing, the same performance with a director that didn't get the timing of it, it would have been butchered. And oh, yeah. so it all works together uh, just incredibly well. It's become this delicious morsel of a movie that I'm really glad we watched again. Yeah. And uh, like that, seriously, like this movie, the real stunt is the comedy. It really mm. is. Just like, watch us make this movie, basically. You and know that- who I think would beg to differ on that point, Ricky? Who? The actual stuntmen. Uh, one of them broke their leg during a stunt. Uh, the very first one over the uh, over the bus, and he goes into the side of the uh, platform there, broke his leg. But uh, this movie got nominated for two stunt awards. The, the World oh. Stunt Awards are called the Taurus Awards. It's like they're Oscars for stunts. But um, in 2008, World Stunt Awards, Dave Hospice, or Hospice, Sorry, Dave. Uh, was nominated for a Taurus Award uh, for Best Fire Stunt You know, at that party. Nice. Rod lights himself on fire. He got nominated. Lars Grant won the Taurus Award for Hardest Hit, Let me, which is impressive. You win the Taurus Award. It's a great, great uh, thing for the, for the stunt world. Great feather in your cap. I mean, you can up your rates, whatever it is. 
But listen to who Lars Grant beat out in this category. He beat out 310 to Yuma, Death Sentence, We Own the Night, and Live Free or Die Hard. Hot Rod beat a Die Hard movie at stunts. Wow. Because they're legitimately amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Well, a a fun fact that I have uh, in regards to Hot Rod is that uh, it made $714 in France and Libra uh, combined. So uh, that's really cool. And also, I know we talked about the um, how it became a cult hit on video it earned over like 25 million dollars in dvd sales wow like so it did better on dvd than it did in the box office because people got word that it was just a such a a special kind of movie yeah uh so i know we've talked a lot just gushing over this movie uh but grace is there anything that you noticed this time around that you didn't notice before most of it was just a refreshing on on the movie itself. Um, I feel like I, I always like recognize more actors now. Um, like I'd be like, Oh, Sissy Spacek. And I'm like, Oh, that's the guy from Deadwood. And like all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I think I appreciated it a lot more because the first time I watched it, I was really concerned the pastor was going to turn it off. Um, the second time I watched it, I was watching your reaction because I wanted you to love it. Yeah. And uh, this time I, you know, was watching with my wife and my mom. Um, so, you know, I get, I get bits and pieces every time and I can just appreciate it a little deeper. Uh, but yeah, I loved rewatching this movie. I think the things that were most illuminating to me, uh, where I spent most of my time typing while watching is going to be uh, seen in my head cannon. Okay. So I'll hang on to that. Yeah. Well, you know, Grayson, what time better than now? We've sold our tickets. You know, we, we our, our water jug is filled with money. Let's give the people what they want. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat because what we're going to do is we are going to set up this ramp and then we are going to get into a motorcycle, um, tandem motorcycle, of course, and we are going to jump inside of a head cannon. Head cannon. <laughs> We get paid for the attempt. Head Cannon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So I have only one little piece of Head Cannon. Cool. Um, it's, uh, it's very, very, uh, you know, uh, weak. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the big piece of Head Cannon I had was that this takes place in the same world of uh, Waiting for Guffman. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Only, be- only because of like the super small town feel okay. of everything. And uh, the AM radio host uh, alone is just like, I would believe for this to be. Because like I, I grew up, um, or I should say, I went to high school in a very small town. And... Uh, when the opening scene was happening and you just see these like friends just kind of going around town, just like walking around, hanging out, doing stunts. Like I, I remember that time in my life where like, I would just, we would just hang around town. Like we, it was a very small town. There wasn't like a ton to do, but 
We would be regulars at like the diner. We would just go to the park and hang out. We would just do very similar things. And the only other movie that has made me feel like nostalgic for like my high school small town was Waiting for Guffman. Wow, uh, very interesting. Of uh, just that whole uh, idea of like, well, she said I could come back to the DQ. There's always a place for me at the DQ. <laughs> just oh. like, yep, yep, that's uh that's accurate. So do you think that the the person that Andy asks out is like a young Parker Posey? <gasps> yes. That's even better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, that's great. So I went nuts on headcanon this week. Uh, I just lived in headcanon. So here's some pre-headcanon. Okay. A mini headcanon. Uh, it's a head water pistol. So... <laughs> Um, for Game of Thrones fans, really only you, this little bit's going to make sense, but I believe that Andy is the true king of the Ironborn because he was drowned in that above ground pool and came back. And, um, yeah, you know, what is dead cannot die. He's, uh, Andy Greyjoy, first of his name. So that's why he's a great stuntman. Nothing can kill him. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on to our <laughs> regularly scheduled headcanon. Oh, um. So, obviously, the eye is drawn to Bill Hader whenever he is captured on screen um, because he is um, a living legend. He's one of, the, he's one of those, um, like, dinner party answers for me where people are like, who do you have dinner with? And I'm like, mm, what's Bill doing? Um, <laughs> I, I really love Bill Hader. I didn't watch SNL for years after he left the show, I think just in like childish defiance, uh, it's like, it's I'm not true. Done. It's not true. He um, walks, I walk. So my head cannon started with him and I had a similar connection to the small town feel. Um, and you know, a bunch of friends on bikes and having, you know, one girlfriend who's a redhead. I believe this is part of the it universe. Um, and so we had it that came out. We have it two coming out soon. Twenty seven years in between there. This is this is the in between. This connects the dots. Um, and oh. so that that means Bill Hader is still playing. You know the the grown up version of the Stranger Things kid. And uh, uh, the, in this case, instead of Jessica Chastain, you have Isla Fisher as Beverly um, slash Denise. But, uh, yeah, I, be I believe that they are connected. If you look at the first jump to Andy lands, Andy Samberg or Rod lands oh my there, gosh. what does he do? He floats. And even when he's drowning and has no air in his body, he doesn't sink. He floats, too. Oh, wow. Uh, also, if you look at what uh, Bill Hader's character wears for a lot of it, especially early on, um, he wears several shirts that have like skulls or wolves that are just straight on um, at doing like kind of the it's the classic Pennywise pose of just straight on. Um, oh. And uh, I think at the end, one of his final shirts has like a picture of a missing something. It says like, have you seen also missing things appear throughout the film, like on the, the food shack that they go to, which now is connected to the Guffman universe yeah. on the food shack. There's like. There's missing animal posters on that um, that could have been taken in this time. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to note that so sometimes Pennywise can like inhabit other people or kind of like takes their shape. Um, but it is interesting that everyone is freaking out at the party when Rod's on fire. 
uh, except for Bill Hader, who's like smiling and kind of like laughing at it, surrounded by red balloons at that child's oh. birthday party. See, I thought you were going to say um, that Pennywise was the the moped. Oh, no. So I have a theory of who Pennywise actually is. I think he takes the form of a few different uh, characters. I think sometimes he's he's kind of taking the form of Bill Hader. Sometimes Isla Fisher, like when she opens her mouth really wide to kiss him, classic Pennywise. Um, but I think that most of the time um, it is uh, Will Arnett is Pennywise uh, because oh. of the red Corvette that he pulls up in. And also he takes Denise away just like Pennywise takes away Beverly in the first one. So he's always pulling them away. Also uh, one of Kevin, so uh, Yorma, one of his character's stuffed toys that he's singing to uh, at the beginning of the Cool Beans scene uh, is an old school clown, straight up just sitting on his bed. It's dressed like oh. a bear, but it's an yeah. old school clown. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I also believe Pennywise is responsible for that super weird riot that breaks out at the end. <laughs> just, yeah. Yep. It's all just kind of piling up. It's like, that was weird. Well, yeah, <laughs> it started that, super positive. That tracks, that tracks. Yeah. And by the end of it, uh, there are red balloons throughout the crowd during the final stunt. The team's wearing red. Just red kind of seeps in to this world. So I believe that this is, this is the, uh, it one and a half of what Bill Hader's character, uh, Finn Wolfhart, was were doing in between the twenty seven years when uh, Pennywise was kind of kept at bay. That's all you had to say. It that's, one and a half. It one and a half. Um, I love it. So connecting to that. So that's that's its own thing. That's that's the it head cannon. Um, the second part of that is that this, in addition to being it one and a half, is the Napoleon Dynamite prequel because of Danny McBride's character. His name is Rico. So I believe that Danny McBride is playing a young Uncle Rico who was played by John Grease and Napoleon Dynamite. One, they have the same name. Really helps my head cannon. Two, they have a van. And that's the extent of it. And the wow. small town stuff. So That's yeah, all you need. It's a prequel to Napoleon Dynamite, but a 1.5 to it. And then finally, wow. Like I said, I spent a lot of time in headcanon this week. <laughs> finally, Ricky, I think this is where we really land the plane or land the moped because mm-hmm. Rod, I'm just going to say it. Rod has a lot of dad issues in this movie. It's a, it's a big motivator for him. Um, there's a lot of lies that come out about his dad and what his mom told him versus uh, what was true. And I believe that Rod is the son of someone that we've seen before on this podcast. Oh? I believe that Rod is Wayne's son from Wayne's World. Ooh. Now, walk with me on this. It's really bad news for Wayne because we, now we know he died, you know, in a pie eating contest, but you can't deny the similarities between the two stories. They have a group of friends, local broadcasting girl. He likes is with a handsome villain. In this case, it's Will Arnett instead of Rob Lowe. They're putting on a big event, like the 15 bus jump with Queens of the stone age. It's just like Wayne stock, a lot of similarities. And you may be yeah. saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 just wait. Wait, <laughs> Wait, you may be saying, wait a minute, gray money. Rod said that he took his dad's last name to honor his father's memory. 
That's right. So Rod's last name is Kimball. Wayne's last name, say it with me, Campbell. (laughs) You thought World was his last name? Uh, No, of course I didn't. Yeah, Wayne Kimball. Wayne S. World. (laughs) The S stands for nothing. It's like Truman. Um, So, uh, yeah, Campbell. So you have Rod Kimball, Wayne Campbell. Very similar. And I'd say that's close enough for stunts. Wow. And because of the color of his mom's hair, I believe that Wayne got back together with the girlfriend from the first movie who gave him the gun rack, even though he doesn't own a gun, let alone enough to necessitate an entire rack. So, yeah. Wow. Rod is Wayne's son. I love that. So this is the third Wayne's World movie we never knew we had. We've had it for years. Oh, man, my whole universe just exploded. <laughs> oh, that's well done, Grayson. I think that you have won um, the stunt award for headcanon. Oh, thanks. I, well, I really had to had to stretch a lot yeah. to get this award. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the first rule of stunts. You oh, yeah. Stretch. Always reach for the stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Now we are going to go into our next stunt where we like to talk about recast and remake. Recast. Remake. It's a site you have to see on AM radio. So if this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I honestly would love to see a Hot Rod 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to just basically see it in a world where, uh, you know, Rod does, like, like he's an adult with, like, a, a camp or some sort of thing. Like, I, he does find, um, his place in adulthood somewhere doing, like, some kind of training or whatever. Um, and he actually does meet his birth dad. Um, who's just like, I thought you died in that pie accident. He's just like, well, I did for like several minutes, but it came back <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and then it's just, uh, my boy. Um, cause his dad would be played by M. Sandler. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what I would like to uh, see. But if it were to be remade today, I mm. think uh, Stranger Things has done that casting for us. Yep. Uh, so. and, it, and it would be a Hot Rod prequel. Yeah. No, I literally wrote the same thing. I said, I just need a <laughs> sequel with the original cast or a prequel with the Stranger Things cast or a prequel with the original cast. You know what? I'll take it. They can play middle schoolers. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. A la uh, When Hot American Summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) This also feels like it could easily be adapted into like a pretty lo-fi like PC game, like a Steam game uh, or just like a a Flash web player game, (laughs) you know, where you just are like, you're Rod and you're you're crashing over like just an 8-bit, you know, early, early game for your for your phone. Yeah. I Black had just so many. I have so many flashbacks of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater just flashing my head. They totally need to make a Hot Rod game where yeah. it's like, did you ever play? Um, what is it called? Did you ever play the game like, uh, was it Quop or Quorp? Oh yeah, Quop. Yeah, Quop. where you're the runner and your <laughs> legs are like marionette puppet yes. legs. Yeah. Oh, I would love to play a game like that, but it's just Rod trying to like go down the ramp. That would be such a good game. Yeah. 
oh, that'd be so much fun. And you could like you could see the whole thing through like the VHS recording that Yorma has. And, yes. Yeah. And that's just a solid Bill Hader game. off to the side. <laughs> Bill Hader's off to the side, like, oh man, Rod, are you okay? Oh, that's great. All right, now we're going to go into our final stunt where we are going to give you 15 buses worth of reasons to recommend. Oh, man, Evil Knievel only did 14. That's right. I checked the internet. <laughs> yeah, on the internet. Yeah. Uh, which also, by the way, he talked about like that video had been downloaded mm-hmm. uh, over 100,000 times, which was a pre-YouTube era for views you had to like pay to host videos and you had to physically download them in order to watch them just another random artifact of oh man the early aughts i'll read about it in the smithsonian (laughs) uh so grayson why would you recommend the movie hot rod i'd recommend hot rod because it is packed with character it's packed with original comedic voice especially for the time and even now it's still speaks to a certain kind of optimism and innocence that I think is really appealing. Uh, There's nostalgia to it. There's an aspect of hope to it. And I think we all wish we could be as confident and optimistic as Rod. It's got a great cast. And I think the strength of this movie is being able to kind of hold really heavy subject matter next to a comedic filter and execute both uh, in a way that feels uh, balanced and what it intends to be. Uh, so I'm thinking of like when he's talking to his dad in the picture, like even just having his dad circled and labeled like dad, like he know, he knows, like, like, but it's a really you know, sad moment. If you think about the reality of what he's going through, he's talking to his dead dad and, through the photo and, uh, but they play it comedic with the overdramatic crying and he's still, he's still able to like do comedic overact while also giving us backstory and character motivation. And they they do something that's really fun where they're able to have the callback of why he's doing uh, this jump to raise the money of being like, I got to raise the money to get my stepdad a heart transplant so I can beat him up. Like there is never a moment where you're like, why is he doing this? You are reminded constantly And they're able to do that because his objective does not change. He's a character that knows exactly what he wants. The way he has to go about getting it may change, and that's the drama of the story. But he is a character who has that objective and barrels through. And that is so refreshing. And that's a great way to, especially coming from the sketch world, that's a great way to piece all of these really funny ideas into a single narrative that feels like it's part of one story. So I just love this movie. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Watch it with a group. Laugh out loud together. Um, and then just celebrate a simpler time when your day was full of just riding bikes and doing six stunts. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'd recommend this movie because um, I think that this movie is a great comedic study. Uh, because it's not necessarily a parody of like this era of movies. Like I feel mm-hmm. like a different kind of movie during that time would do like, yeah, we're just going to do an homage to like 80s movies. Like yeah. It has some 80s movies moments to Closest it. Closest like, it gets is like Footloose or the Karate right. Kid post credit sequence. But yeah. 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 And it it does a good job of being an original comedy Um, Without it being too, oh, we're obviously parodying 
um, this one movie or this one style of movie. It mm-hmm. it it's an original, fun, silly movie uh, that is one hundred percent comedy, um, and I. I just laughed the whole time. If you haven't laughed in a good while, I really think Hot Rod's gotta do that for you. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's fun to see where the Lonely Island, you know, what they were doing like over ten years ago. Uh, twelve, I think, is the math. Uh, what they were doing like twelve years ago, like still creating funny, unique content. Um. And they're still doing it today with their voice and and a era where Google didn't own YouTube. So that is our review of Hot Rod. Let us know what you remember most about Hot Rod on our social media. We definitely want to hear from you. So just kickflip yourself over to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And all places we are at Flashback Flicks. And if you're really feeling adventurous give us a rating or review on your podcasting platform of choice oh yeah 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 on the scale of one to five school buses yes i had the same thing i don't think that's ever happened <laughs> that we are that in line over what the unit of measurement is for this rating oh so happy oh man one to five buses uh being jumped how did you rate this podcast <laughs> if you give us a five bus rating that means that we will have enough ratings to fill a water jug of ratings yeah well because if you're gonna jump five buses you know what you need ricky what a lot of air time ah, ah, ah. man nailed it i think we just landed that that section <laughs> oh no <laughs> a goose a cook goose <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. You know, Grayson, Hot Rod got me so excited for stunts. I don't want to drift too far away from the subject. Oh, you know, what What are you doing? What do you know? So, we are going to review Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. No, colon, Han in 60 seconds. (laughs) That'll make so much more sense after you watch it. (laughs) 